In every real estate transaction, something comes up that the buyer or seller may have a question about. But in the heat of the moment, the question goes unanswered. Each episode, I talk with real estate experts and real estate vendors to provide a look at what goes on behind the scenes in the real estate world to get you answers. I blend in local Santa Cruz history, add some tips and tricks, all designed to help you be successful in your next real estate project. Tell your friends you can't talk right now because you are with The Realtor Lady. Welcome back to The Realtor Lady. I'm continuing my series with talking to realtors around the country. Today's guest is Jackie Baker. We talk about New Jersey. We talk about the weather, the difference in how people actually purchase in New Jersey. They actually use a realtor and an attorney, just besides all the other vendors that they hire to look at the home. Very interesting. Close to New York and Manhattan. She explains the connection there. Jackie was a great guest, as all my guests are, but this one is really worth some time. So I hope you enjoy. Welcome back. You are with The Realtor Lady, and I'm Michelle Logal. And today I have a guest from New Jersey. Her name is Jackie Baker, and I'm so jealous of her easy name. And um, I'm going to let her talk a little bit about herself and introduce herself. We're going to talk about the real estate market. And there's a couple things that are very similar, despite us being so far apart. And then there are some differences. We're going to go into that and then just talk about um, some industry stuff that we've seen. We'll also touch on interest rates, which are a um, they're in the news right now. So uh, take it away, Jackie. Okay. Thanks, Michelle. Thanks for having me on. I'm so yep. excited to be here. This is fun. I love doing this stuff. So, um, and as you said, my name is Jackie Baker. I'm a real estate agent here with Caldwell Banker Realty. <clears throat> I serve the Bergen County, New Jersey area. So Bergen County, we're pretty much a suburb of New York City. So we're about 40 minutes outside of Manhattan. So this area is pretty desirable for people who work in New York City but they don't want to live in the city. Um, Bergen County also has, we're known for our great school systems um, and just some great towns here that if you're, you know, if you're not into going to the city, there's some awesome towns with some great downtowns and fabulous restaurants and entertainment. So it's a pretty, um, pretty desirable, pretty expensive place <laughs> in New Jersey to live. Um, but that's the area that I serve. Now, is your area like when we watch movies and people take the train from New York to their house? Is that kind of what it's like? Because I watch all these movies where they take a train into New York. like, And to me, it's like taking a train to another country and they just they go from this like suburb to the big city. Yeah, it's, it is kind of like that. So... The way you would access Manhattan from here, so you would take, there's two different train lines and they go down to, you could either stop at Secaucus and there's a light rail that runs you over to Penn Station, or you can go all the way down to Hoboken where you can take the PATH train. And that actually, that train runs under the Hudson River and brings you to downtown Manhattan, down to Wall Street. So yeah, it, it is, it's, yeah, it's like you're going to a different world. <laughs> How long does it take? So for where I live, it's about 40 minutes, uh, 40 minute commute by bus. A lot of people like in my town, like I'm in the northernmost point in Bergen County. 
A lot of people take the bus from here. Um, bus could probably take you about 40 minutes, sometimes more, depending on traffic. Um, but it, the further south of Bergen County you go and east, closer to New York City, it could be as little as 30 minutes. So, or even like 20 minutes. It's really not that bad. It sounds so easy. Our, you know, our biggest hub besides Santa Clara Valley and all the companies that are there, then it's Palo Alto and then it's San Francisco. But San Francisco can be really hard to get to from our area. Really? It's, I mean, it's it's like a an hour and 15 minutes, but it's it's not an easy drive. It's not like a straight shot. And if you want to take trains and planes and uh, buses, it's just not easy, I yeah. think. Yeah, well, our biggest issue here is the traffic. So if you do drive, like my husband commuted into Manhattan for a number of years, and the biggest thing is, is the traffic. You have to time it just right. So like he would literally leave the house at 6.30 in the morning just to get over the George Washington Bridge <laughs> before all hell broke loose, you know, and you're sitting there. If there's an accident, forget it. You could be sitting there forever. Um, but that's our biggest, that's the, the biggest thing is the traffic. We have that here too. We have, um, and there's literally a mountain between us and Silicon Valley. So oh, you, have okay. to, you have to drive over a mountain and it's, it's a four lane highway. And if you get in one spot and there's a backup, you're sitting, if there's a tree or a boulder or rock, Oh my uh, God. It's, it's, you're there till it's cleared. Yeah. Oh my God. That's yeah. so funny. Cause I mean, here it would just be, it would be a car accident or a broken down car that would be causing the traffic. I and mean, we don't have boulders. So that's, <laughs> we don't have to worry about that. <laughs> and it's timing. And I do, I just did a video on uh, the different terrains of Santa Cruz. And basically, I did a, a screencast of, the area and why traffic is the way it is. And literally it's because we have a mountain or a hillside and the ocean. I mean, there just really isn't anywhere else to go. So you are stuck. And just to help people understand the traffic flow and then timing, you know, we all kind of live our life around the schools because the schools back everything up here and Mm -hmm. the, then the traffic hours. So, I mean, yeah, it's all timing. You could, you can deal. Yeah. Let's see. So your um, market, what's your median price there? Uh, now, <laughs> it's gone up. It's gone up a lot. So the median price is about, sorry. Um, sorry about that, my phone. Um, the median price point is about $550,000. Um, but a lot of my clients, like they, they're spending well over that to get a house here. Um, last year, and I'm sure you saw it out, out where you are, um, the prices have just been skyrocketing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know. It's unfortunate. I mean, we had, during the pandemic, we had a lot of people from Manhattan move from, they had, they were getting out of the city. They're like, we don't want to be, we're, you know, near this virus. It's, yeah. yeah. And um, that's, we weren't expecting that. It's like we knew that 2020 was going to be a strong seller's market in New Jersey anyway. They were calling for it because all the millennials were entering the buyer pool and, you know, like, oh, we're going to get ready. It's going to be a good year. But then you throw in the people from the city. Holy cow. Uh, these houses were selling for, you know, tens of thousands of dollars, somewhere, sometimes over $100,000 over asking price. And a lot of them were people from the city that they were just desperate. They're like, we want out. And they were, they would pay anything because when you think about it, what they're paying in rent in Manhattan, coming to Bergen County to buy a house, it's a bargain. So yeah. that's, yeah, that's what happened. Yeah. So that's interesting. We have people move from 
San Francisco to Santa Cruz, they get a lot of the same benefits. Actually, the the weather, I think, is a little bit more temperate here. It's a l- not as cold. And mm-hmm. um, they have a lot more fog. But they also deal with the same things that we do. Like we have we have a fair amount of homeless and, and kind of... Um, you know, property crime and, but it's all less to them. So what happened was when COVID came, they'd already been looking, they'd already been thinking about where they'd want to go. So we actually had a, a just a quick jump right away of people who were already, they were already one foot out oh. and that, that was it. And so we had this like little blip of just people just going crazy and people who didn't want to live in Santa Clara, which is also very impacted. And so people who are already thinking about it jumped that in that year. And then last year it was kind of settling in more, but it sounds exactly the same. It's so yeah. interesting. Who would, have th- who would have thought, right? That's crazy. I think city life can be jarring, especially if you have children. I think people really always are always kind of looking other places. Yeah, I, I think so. I think, well, like I helped a family move here from New York City last year and their daughter was in high school, the son was entering middle school. And what they did during the pandemic, they left, they left Manhattan, they're like, we're out. And they rented a home um, in, in this town called Leonia, which is Southern Bergen County. And they found me and um, yeah, they bought a house uh, last summer and they were just thrilled. Because they're like, we have a yard. Look at this house. Like, it, it, comparing to what they were spending in the city, and like you said, and the kids too. They wanted that quality of life for their kids. So, yeah, I was just so happy for them. They, and to this day, it's so funny. Before I hopped on today, she just sent me an email saying, "We're redoing the kitchen. As soon as it's done, you got to come over and hang out with us." And you know, they're just so happy. They're so happy being where they are. So, it's amazing. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I was with clients last weekend. They moved from. Uh, Campbell, Las Gatas, Santa Clara area still tech hub. And they they just felt like all the developments had just grown in over the top of them. And they just did they just felt so crowded and they moved to a, a kind of a um a more rural, I mean whatever our rural area is, and they have all these wonderful neighbors and they were just like just glowing. They were so mm-hmm. excited. And that's yep. after the initial move-in wore off. Like for your client as well. It's like it's been some yeah. time and they're still happy there. They're still happy. <laughs> That's what's important. <laughs> uh, let's see. Inventory lows. You have, I think you have, what's your inventory like? Our inventory has ticked up in the last week. We're starting to see, come on. Same here. Just, I was saying just in the past couple of days, I'm starting right. to see it increase. Um, yeah, because we're literally sitting around our office and, all of all of us agents are like, what? there's nothing to show. <laughs> there's nothing out here. It's so frustrating. Um, but yeah, it's just starting to go up a little bit. We had um, some stuff come on. And you know what was interesting? I have a coach and she is in <coughs> Washington st- State, I think, up upstate. And I said, you know, it's, it's quiet. This is at the beginning of the week. I think I go, it's really quiet. And it's said, you know, she goes, oh, you know, we were always talking that it didn't really get going till Super Bowl. After Super Bowl was done, it seemed like that kind of, you know, let's go. And it's like, that's kind of silly, but it seems to be true. And they keep changing the date of the Super Bowl. So what does that do? Pushes our market. It pushes the start. That was the same thing with us. It's always yeah. the unofficial start of the spring market is after the Super Bowl. So I think... 
I think we're going to see it really pick up in the next couple of weeks. At least I'm, that's what I'm hoping for. Because <laughs> I got a lot of buyers that need a house. So like, please. I have, uh, I have more sellers right now that are just trying to figure stuff out. Everybody's kind of in that. We've got tenants kind of. Yep. This is kind of the year. So that leads us to interest rates, uh, getting kind of buyers and sellers to get going because this might be the year. And you said on the news today, the interest rates have gotten, or you're talking with your lender? I was talking with my lender just uh, this morning and she told me the rates are at 3.75. That's for put 20% down 30 year uh, conventional. And she was so upset because she's like, I can't believe it's already up a point. And I was... I'm like, wait a minute, are they saying it may go over 4% this year? Because they were saying, oh, it shouldn't it shouldn't ca- go over 4 She thinks it's going to go over 4%. And wow. yeah, but listen, and as, as I said to her, I said, look, I, we were expecting this. We all knew this is coming. And honestly, I think it's needed, especially now. And like with what we went through this past year, we got to bring these prices back to a little bit of more normalcy here. You know, I think that I think these rising rates are going to, you know, buyers are not going to be able to afford as much. So I think the sellers need to be prepared for that. You're not going to get as much over asking as you would have a year ago. You know, money is not cheap now. It was cheap a year ago and not now. So, yeah, I I just I and I'm hoping for that, that it brings some normalcy back to our market because it's so hard. <laughs> it's been so hard competing against like, you know, 10, 20 other buyers that are bidding on the same house. I mean, that's how bad it was last year. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I do hope it brings back some normalcy. I, I would really like um, for buyers to have a little bit more time because my whole theme of my YouTube page and my kind of mantras are take time to think about it. It helps you make better decisions. This is a big one. And and if you have time to process how to purchase or even to process how to sell, you know, what happens when we get into these compressed markets is people just don't have enough time to think. And then they find themselves in a position that, you know, they're just not happy with. Either they bought a house that they, it wasn't quite right, or they've sold their house because they got, you know, they got really worried and then they realized maybe they shouldn't have sold that house and now they can't go back. Right. Right. It, yeah. <laughs> now, I I just wanted to add something to that. I I just did a video on my YouTube channel it's coming out next week and it's about should you sell your house in 2022. And my point of that video is if you're going to sell your house because you need to, then yeah, that, now's the time to do it. But don't just put it on the market to test the market because you're hearing everybody saying, oh, I could get so much money for my house now and let's see what I can get. Because you're you're messing with people's lives. <laughs> this is what I say in, my, in the video. I'm like, you're messing with people. You're messing with buyers who desperately need a house because I see in those situations if a seller just said, oh, let me just test the market and see what happens. And then they'll get an offer that they can't, they feel like they can't refuse, then they're in panic mode. They have nowhere to go. There's no other houses to buy right now. And then a lot of times they end up pulling out. They end up canceling the deal. And then you just, you know, this buyer got their hopes up. They need a house. And now you're you're backing out because you're like, oh, you know what? I really don't want to sell anyway, or I have nowhere to go. So now I'm not going to sell it. I, I think people need to understand that. If you're going to sell, like get a plan in place, make sure you have another place to go to. 
Don't just go out there and test the market. I, I just, that drives me nuts. <laughs> I'm sorry. Don't, because you're messing with the, the real estate agents. You know, we're putting all this time and effort in and the buyers. It's so emotional for the buyers. So, so that's a difference. So here, when you sign a contract, sellers are really locked in. It's very hard to get out of a contract here as a seller. It, it's not, well, here's the thing. We have in New Jersey, so we have an, what's, once we have an accepted offer, we have an attorney review process, which takes about three days. Sometimes it could go a little bit longer. Um, and what happens is they, they can back out during that, that period. They buy or seller can walk oh. away. Then we go under contract, right? And then once you're under contract, that's when we do the inspection contingency, during the inspection contingencies, the deal could fall apart. The seller can say, you know what, I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to fix anything. And with the hopes that the buyer is just going to say, forget it and walk away. Um, but I did. I have heard of buyer uh, sellers having remorse. You know, I heard of a situation um, last year, an agent in uh, one of our other Coldwell Banker offices, she had a house under contract. They were maybe like three weeks away from closing. The sellers were so emotional. They're like, you know what? We can't sell this house. We can't do it. And they backed out. They pulled, yeah, they pulled out. I, I'm like, wow. really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you can, in New Jersey, you can. Now, listen, we use attorneys in New Jersey. So you can, for whatever reason, you can, but it could come at a cost. Now, this buyer can turn around and say, well, I want you to reimburse me for my inspection cost and the appraisal and that stuff. They can do that. Um, and then, obviously, the buyer will get their deposit back. Um, but pretty much, it's, it's a very buyer-friendly state in New Jersey. So if a buyer wanted to back out, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty easy for both parties, but especially for the buyer if they're not comfortable, if they're not happy, I mean, they can walk away. Say if they're not happy with the inspection report, they can just, they can cancel the deal. Wow. So, we, we used yeah. to have that. We used to. We just Really? Mm -hmm. No more? Yeah. No, not really. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. It's wow. pretty much when you buy it, uh, you buy it, no contingencies, even if you have a loan and an appraisal. Really? Mm -hmm. That's the trick. Oh. Yeah. Oh my God. Wow. And wow. um, and it really happens even if a house has been sitting for like, you know, 12, 14 days, it never fails that that house will get a couple offers on however it digests into the market. So you normally you'll always be competing against somebody. Somebody will always pop up. Mm -hmm. It's just, I wrote an yep. offer last week. There was 10 offers. <sighs> we, we came in second. I know we're second because I know because of the numbers, the way they appeared. I, I kind of figured it out. The first one that came in that won was all cash. We we had a small, we actually even only had a small loan. And you know what? When it came down to it, she's like, oh, I don't think that was really the house for me anyway. So she was okay with it. But yeah. it was 10 offers, countered for no contingencies. Oh my God. See, yeah. we're not doing so much with the no contingencies anymore. So we, like people were waiving the inspection, waiving appraisal, saying they're going to they're gonna cover the gap, the appraisal gap and everything. That's, even though we're still in the seller's market and we, we still have bidding wars going on, they're not going that crazy over the contingency, especially the home inspection. And I tell all my buyers, like, if you're going to do anything, just do the inspection to look for, you know, structural, environmental, mechanical um, you know, and that's pretty standard, but I mean, there were people that were just flat out waving inspections last year. And 
And one of my clients did that. And sure enough, they had issues with the house after they closed. So I well, don't we, recommend that. We provide that. them up front. So it's not like they, they, it's not that they don't get them. All, everything's provided up front. All the disclosures and reports are given to them. Okay. okay. So the listing I just had that we got a no contingent offer on was uh, home inspection, pest inspection, roof, sewer lateral, which is required here. Um, some work that needed to be done, but it's like, this work needs to be done. We're not doing it, but here it is. So it's Mm -hmm. not that they write them with no, with no information. Okay. It's, yeah, we give it to them. See, here's the thing. We have disclosures and it's not mandatory in New Jersey. You have to provide a seller's disclosure. My issue with seller's disclosure is it says right there, if, if you don't, if you don't know the answer, you just don't know the answer. And sometimes they do know the answer and they're just not going to put that on a disclosure. So we can't fully rely on that, right? So this deal that I have going on, I'm closing on in two weeks. Um, my buyers had an inspection done and there were issues with the roof. Um, the roof and there was something else, um, something in the basement. I can't remember offhand, but we went back and said, you know, there's a lot of money that was going to be needed to make these repairs and they were not like the sellers were, they were reasonable. You know, I mean, initially my buyers asked for a lot of money and I was like, oh my God, you're not getting that. You're not getting the credit back on that. You're crazy. You're not getting that much. <laughs> it's like, you're not getting that much back, but they tried it. Their attorney was like, look, we could always ask and see what they come back with. So they ended up settling. Um, they renegotiated the price and they, you know, the sellers came down. But, um, but my point is, you know, they put on like, oh, we, on the disclosure, okay, we repaired this one part of the roof. The roof never leaked. They never did, you know, that that's it. But the inspection told us that there was two layers of shingles, one of them being cedar shingle that was underneath mm. the regular shingles. And then they said, the, the guy was mm. like, the, the shingles are going to fly off of this roof. Like, do you need a whole yeah. new roof? And then when they got the quote for the price of the roof, they're like, oh my God, this is going to be ridiculous. So, Yeah. So that's why we we do the home inspections no matter what. We can't rely on disclosures. Just can't do it. Absolutely. And I won't, al- yeah. I won't allow, I will not allow my clients to skip the nope. inspection. You know, and they, when they're de- when they're like desperate, they go, oh, we don't need you. I'm like, no, 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 you do. You do. Just trust me. <laughs> so you're going to be spending a lot of money if you buy this and there's going to be problems. So. I've been known to buy a, buy a few in my career. <laughs> Really? You're not going to do it? <laughs> I'm going to do it. Yeah. You know. <laughs> really? I mean, I've been doing this a long time. So, I mean, I don't have it. I, I think I'm better at communicating, no, you really need to do this. And I think early on, I wasn't really as good at, at really convincing people that they needed to do it. So, yeah. shortcutting, I just did it. Um, <laughs> so, tell me, how does it work? Who pays the attorney? Tell me how this part works. Because it's just us. We don't, we, we have kind of our broker to help us kind of navigate if we if we have questions or issues, but it's pretty much us just writing the contract and negotiating it. How does what does the process look like on your on so your side? each so each side seller and buyer are represented by their own attorneys and they pay those attorneys individually. So so the the cost wow. for the attorney here is about um, I've seen attorneys as little as seven hundred dollars, and I've seen them as much as fifteen hundred dollars. It all depends you know, on what their level of expertise and, you know, I mean, honestly, I would say on average, you're going to spend about a 1200 bucks on an attorney. Um, I think it's worth it. 
Uh, but and, and it's, you know, we also work well with the attorneys too, the real estate agents. You know, we we're always we're involved with the process. Um, the attorneys also rely on us with, you know, getting all the information to them. And um, like I, there's one attorney I have a great relationship with. You know, I have no problem calling him up and give him a heads up, like, here's what happened in the inspection. This is what we're we're thinking of asking for, or the, you know, and it, it's good. We I have a I have good communication with these attorneys, and they're very they've been very good to me. They're very good to a lot of the agents because you have to work together as a team. You know, you have to. It, it's so you know, are there those uh, attorneys a little bit of an ego and they want to do the whole thing themselves? There are, there are, and they'll leave you out of the process. I've had that happen, but. But yeah, so that's how it works here in Jersey. But it's funny, South Jersey, you're, they're not required to have an attorney. You can, but it's not required. We're he, up here in North Jersey, it is. And New York also. So like I'm already down the border of New York State. Isn't that funny? <laughs> that, <laughs> so, is, that is yeah. so interesting. Now, we don't, we don't, it's kind of the Wild West out here, I think. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I think that's I've it. gotten a skill set that I feel very comfortable. But when I first started, it's just terrifying what yeah. you could get into in terms of trouble. I do you see that makes me nervous too. Like I don't know if I could do that. I'd rather defer to the attorneys. Like if anything comes up, I'll also go to them and say, you know, ask a question. Like, can we go? Can we do this? Is this legal? You know, or what? You know, what? What grounds do they have right now? If they want to walk away or whatever. So, yeah, I don't. That makes me nervous. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> to to do it all myself, like I don't want anybody coming after me after the fact. Yeah, um, I, I think I do a good enough job. But yeah, when I when I first started, it, it's it is pretty scary. People could come after you, and it depends on the brokerage. You know, Coldwell Banker. We have a we have attorneys that that our broker will consult with, and then consult with us. So we have oh, kind really? of people behind. Yeah, we have people that. Like I can call him and then he'll go, okay, let me run it up the chain. And then he'll talk to those attorneys and get back to me. Mm-hmm. So we have that here. I think my skill set's pretty decent now, but yeah, I started with a couple brokerages that were pretty much like, well, you probably shouldn't do that because you're going to get in trouble. And it's like, really? Uh, I, okay. <laughs> and then we have- oh my God. A, We've had, when I first started the first couple of years, uh, you know, my broker said, oh, well, why don't you have them call this attorney? And they called this attorney and the attorney wanted to just be so smart that they totally told us we wrote the contract wrong. We did everything wrong. Totally talked the client out of it. Are you kidding? Oh, God. Yeah. (laughs) Because they are, they, you know what? They're not the adversaries they were. They used to be really well, the realtors are just trying to screw you. And, you know, now it's like um, they realize that these people really want to buy houses and it's really their job to help them understand the process. Yeah. And, you know, and every once in a while people go, should I call an attorney? Absolutely. You yeah. Know, our contract was written by attorneys. I'm not afraid. I didn't do anything wrong. Right. Um, you know, but I did. I have a, a gal attorney. She was just... She told that gal how badly I wrote that contract and how bad the contract was and talked her out of the house. Oh, my God. (laughs) And she didn't get it. And I don't think that woman ever bought. She was so scared of everything. It was just, she was just a very scared person, but she scared her. And so, yeah, attorneys have not always been our friend. Oh, that stinks. I mean, but there are, like, my, the first, um, 
the first office I worked at when I got into the business, my I'll never forget my broker told me, he says, attorneys kill deals. Just yeah, He always warned me of that. He goes, they'll kill deals because they think they know it all and they're going to, you know, they're going to convince the client, you know, now this is wrong or they'll make us look bad. You know, not all the time, not all the time. Like I have a select few that I will refer to my clients because I know we'll get the job done. You know, they're not going to badmouth me. They're not going to make them feel stupid because I've had that before too. You know, an attorney, the client will call me up and he's like, am, am I stupid here? Like tell him he, he thinks I shouldn't do this or this is a stupid move. I'm like, it, it's egos. Sorry. <laughs> it's just this bad thing called ego that gets in the way. So I've had home inspectors kill deals too, wanting to be the smart guy in the room. Oh, uh, <clears throat> yep. And there's mm-hmm. one, um, in fact, his name just came up recently and somebody, somebody who's been around for a while just hadn't really ran into him and said, well, what do you think? And I said, he kills deals and uh, he has no bedside manner, but he's thorough. So it depends. You have to, you have to measure this out. This guy will get every single thing, but his delivery, he just, he delivered, he delivered one time I I want to say a broken burner on a stove and managed to turn it into the house filling up with gas and burning down. Oh my God. You know, that yeah. kind of delivery of, yep. well, we could just have someone come in and fix it. Uh, I just had a client recently, she, her and her friend was just looking up on a manual and figured out how to fix the, the stove in, in a matter of minutes. It was no big deal. Talking to this guy, it's going to burn the whole house down. Oh my God. You know, so... Yeah, there's a, there's, there's a lot. And, you know, you want to make sure that your, your buyer gets good information. Yeah. You know, that's not, it's not the point to keep it away from them, but at the same time, there's a delivery, like I call it bedside manner. Yeah. Yeah. Or you don't want them to be an alarmist. Like if I, if I'm going to work with an inspector, do not be an alarmist to my, and the guy that I use frequently the reason I hired him is because I saw him, uh, one of his Facebook posts, he said that he went, he did an inspection for these buyers who lost out on two, I think it was two houses prior because the inspector they were using were pointing out things that were like, like they were, they were minor, but he blew them up. Like you're saying with, with the burner on a stove. Right. And he would just, he but they finally hired him and they brought him on board and they and they saw these things. And he's like, no, 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 you don't have to. That's not a big deal. This is all you have to do to fix this and whatever. So right. when I heard his story, I'm like, this is who I need. Like, thank <laughs> God. So he's been amazing. And he, listen, and if he finds something, what I love about him, if he thinks something's really bad, he's very much like in a nice way he'll be like yeah i don't i don't know if we should buy this house <laughs> like he's not like oh my god walk away like he says it in a nice way like yeah th- this isn't good this is i wouldn't do this or yeah the electrical here is bad i wouldn't do it like he he's got it with good bedside manners let's put it that way <laughs> Yeah, He's and got I'm not, good bedside manners. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not trying to find somebody who sugarcoats stuff and and whitewashes no. stuff. No, you want them to be honest, <laughs> but then don't be an alarmist and blow things out of proportion. So yeah, I have a a, a pest inspector who I've I've worked with since the very beginning, and about. Three or four times, he's like come out of the crawl space underneath the house, and he has this look on his face. Oh, 
And <laughs> and I'll and I'll tell my clients, both on buyer and seller side, I'll say, I can read him. I don't need him to even tell me where we're gonna have problems. Mm-hmm. And we've we've had a few where, you know, we had to really deal with some some damage. Uh we yeah. because we don't have lead-based paint here, termites love. Love, love, love California because we're wet and dry. Uh-huh. So we get the wood wet and then we get it dry. So we've just, we're just like a smorgasbord here. And so termite problems have really increased in the last, I don't know. Really? Since, yeah. In my career, just because it's just really kind of come down the pike that those those regular paints that are more that they don't care about have really come on, come on and now the lead is kind of going away. Mm-hmm. The termite damage is just huge, and then we have years wow. where we're just so, so, so wet, and then so, so, so dry. Wow! So I yeah. had no idea. I didn't think that was an issue out there. Like oh this, learn something new. I mean, we have it, them here, but not as bad. Like I, I rarely, I, I maybe one or two houses that we've had termite damage. Nothing like really bad where that had there was a structural issue, but. Yeah, we don't have termites that badly here. Wow. Our older house is mine is um redwood. They don't like redwood. But um Oh. Yeah. Okay. They don't they don't like redwood. Uh they don't really like fir either, which is they, they there's some trees they just don't they don't really like, but those those materials aren't being used as much as the composite stuff now, which is really yummy. Yes. What, so um <laughs> what reports do you get for um when we're going through the the transaction? Yeah. Oh, you we get- do. Oh, you mean the inspection? Okay. So we'll do inspection and radon. Um, <gasps> oh, okay. we, yeah. Yeah. Everybody does the radon test out here. They, there are a number of homes that will test high for radon. And if that happens, then the seller has to put in a mitigation system to get the radon out of the house. It's, it's It doesn't cost that much. It's like... I don't know, it's like $1,800 to put one of those systems in. But that's the biggest thing is the radon. We also have septic. We have a lot of houses out here in North Jersey on septic and and well, oh, okay. private well. So we'll have that test on it as well. And the latest thing I'm seeing, which you just said that's required in California, we're doing the sewer line test where they're running the camera through the sewer line. I just, this house I'm going to be closing on in a couple of weeks, my clients did the sewer line test, which I agreed with because the house is over 100 years old and they want to make sure the pipe, um, you know, the pipe was good because there were trees in the yard and God only knows that there were roots in it, but it was fine. Um, there were, it was clay piping, I think like the first 15 feet and then the rest was whatever it is, iron whatever or whatever. It needs the, to be. Yeah, whatever the metal yeah. is. Yeah, it turned out to be fine, but I think this is like a new thing now that people are testing sewer lines. Yeah, we here in town we have clay, and then we have a, a type of paper from uh, post-war. From that. really, yeah. So we'll, they'll find, or actually, they'll find remnants of it, but they'll, but basically, they'll find nothing. Um, I don't know how much they're finding it lately. I haven't really talked to my sewer guy about that. But when it for, when the ordinance first came about, we were talking about what they were finding because we were going to a lot of meetings about it, but now we do it as a point of sale. We we can pass it back to the buyer, which mm-hmm. is c- more common now just because of how, how hot the market is. 
Mm-hmm. And then depending yeah. on how extensive the work of if the work is really extensive, often the seller will go ahead and just get it done because it it could it could keep the price down or keep multiple offers away. So it just it yeah. just depends. But, right. Um, that's then, interesting. Yeah, it's 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 coming. It's probably it, Northern California has been doing it a while. It just kind of came to us in the last three years, two years, two three huh. years. Um, and then lastly, we're just going to touch on um, the snow. You were going to tell me a little bit about your clients that came from California. Yes, yes. I actually have. Um, well, I, men- I mentioned to you before. I have one family that moved out here. They were in. Um, they lived in Valencia, California, which is outside of LA. And I just saw her the other day. I just saw um, the wife. We went out to lunch. And so I was asking her, like, how was it coming here? And now she has two boys, um, ages 13 and 11. So I was, you know, like, how, how, are the, how was everybody adjusting? And she said, we love it. They love, they love the Northeast. Um, and I said, well, what about the snow? She said, well, they had snow in the mountains of California. She said they would go tubing and stuff. But she, which, what I thought was interesting, because it's been really cold, she goes, you know, it's funny. She's like, the cold to us here, she's like, be coming from out there, she's like, I don't feel it as bad as you would probably feel it. Like, she's, I, I don't know, it was hard for her to explain, but she's not, like, when she she was outside the other day, it was like 40 degrees, and she didn't have a coat on. So, <laughs> she's like, I don't know, because you still got the, coming from the warmer weather out there, I mean, she said the cold really has, hasn't really affected them. And she said her boys are enjoying the snow. They love it. Um, she, uh, they also said that their biggest, her, her oldest son kind of went into panic mode because he thought he wasn't going to be able to get his driver's license in Jersey till he was 18. I'm like, no, that's not, <laughs> that's not it. So if you get a permit at 16, they get their license at 17. So she's like, oh, thank God. Cause he's been hearing like, I can't drive, I won't be able to drive to school. So I'm a senior. In high school, I'm like, well, that's true, but he'll get his license when he's 17. It doesn't matter. Doesn't mean he can't like physically drive at all till he's 18. It's pretty funny, but um, but so far they're they're loving being out here. It's yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. It, as far as the weather, my one comment is um, it might be easier for them to adjust because it's more consistent. So our our days can be, you can wake up to 35 degrees. Mm-hmm. And by 10 a.m., it's 60. Yeah. And by 4, it's 55. So you spend all uh-huh. day putting on and taking off clothes, and your body can barely adjust. That's a good point. You know, and when, yeah. So if, you, if you're just cold all day long, then your body goes, okay, we're cold. Or if you're hot, right. but not, yeah. no. Today, it's probably going to be in the, the high 60s. Next week, it's supposed to be, we're supposed to be like high 70s, I think, next oh, week. Nice. Then what'll happen is the season's going to change and we're going to move into spring and it's going to get freezing cold. Really? So, yeah. Why does it so get it's, cold it's, in it's the hard spring? Well, that's the, so we, crazy. I mean, that's just a, that's just being closer to the sun. So we're, we're closer to the sun in the winter and then it, in the spring, you start to move away. Right. So you're not as hot. Okay. It's not as intense. So. Okay. And then maybe the rain will move in, we're hoping. Uh, but yeah, I think I call it the land of layers because you just have to kind of layer up for your day. But yeah. going to school was such a nightmare. 
I had a backpack full of clothes, not books. Oh God. <laughs> By the end of day, it was just, you know, jackets and sweatshirts and, and, you know, scarves and everything. And you just wow. have to, yeah. I uh, see. That's funny. Cause here now kids don't wear coats. Once they get to middle school, like there's no more jackets, no more coats. And like, and I'm talking <laughs> middle of the winter too. Cause that was the other thing my client was said to, said to me, she goes, um, nobody seems to wear coats in the winter here. I said, no, they don't. They don't. They just, and some kids in the middle of winter wear shorts to school. Like, and I think it's because the buildings get so warm with the heat, they can't be bothered. Or like at the high school, my kids go to high school, their lockers are so small. Like it, my, I can't fit a coat in there. So they don't bother. Like, no, they, it, you know, um, it, it, it blows my mind. I'm like, aren't you cold? They're like, no, we're fine. You know, my what, daughter walks out in a sweatshirt. Like, no problem. Yeah, once you once you think about having to carry it around all day, all of a sudden you're not so cold. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Good point. Well, yes. Well, this has been fun. It's kind of it's it, it's so fun to talk about how alike we are and how different we yes. are. Is that's I just really really enjoyed this. This is so yeah. Fun. This was awesome, Michelle. Thank you. I really had fun. I think I'll uh, look you up after the summer and we can compare notes on our summer market. That should be really fun. <gasps> Let's do that. Okay. Yeah, I would love to do that. That'd be fun. Awesome. Thanks again. And we'll talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.